Philippians chapter 3. If you'll stand with me, we're going to read verses 13 and 14. When we chose the theme um, for the conference, um, it came early, I guess, and probably uh, a lot of you may have the theme for your church. Uh, I think like everybody almost, uh, you know, is like, oh, 2020 vision, you know. And, uh, and then the people that always want to be different are like, you know, we're going to call it focus, you know. And uh, so uh, <laughs> some of you may have focus. You're like, oh, he's talking about me. Uh, but... Um, uh, but, you know, uh, some of you may not understand what 2020 vision means. Now, some of you with glasses or that have contacts or you've been to the eye doctor, you may have a better uh, understanding than some. But what 2020 means is, is 2020 is, um, is, is what's considered, um, they call it perfect vision. It's more like normal vision. So 2020... Um, vision means you can see at 20 feet what a normal person sees at 20 feet. Now that can, both numbers can get better or worse. So there is, uh, there's not just 2020, there's 2040, okay? And that means at 40 feet, I see what some people see at 20 feet. You understand? Okay? And then there's 2200. That means you're blind. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that means at 200 feet, I see what normal people see at 20 feet. And then there, there is also 2010, which is better. Uh, 2010 means at 20 feet, I see what, what people can see at 10 feet, what most people see at 10 feet. So that's better. Um, but that's where those numbers come from. That's where all that, that, uh, that thing comes from. I've never... I don't think I've ever been to the eye doctor. And so, praise the Lord, you know, that's a blessing. Eat your carrots and, and you know, trust God. And, uh, but, uh, but my wife has contacts, and we talk, to, we talk about it sometimes. Um, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, the Bible says this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to pray. I'll give you the title of the sermon in a minute. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the service. Thank you for all the young people, Lord, that uh, came to me or their youth pastor came to me, Lord, and shared their decisions from last night. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that th those would remain fresh. And Lord, that, uh, that you would speak to hearts again today. Lord, I think there may be some young people in here who should have made decisions last night but didn't. Lord, I pray that this message would speak to their hearts. Help me as I preach. Fill me with your power and your spirit. Use me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. There's an old saying, talking about 2020 vision. There's an old saying that says, hindsight is 2020. It's also a George Jones song. I don't recommend that, but uh, uh, my grandma told me uh, when I told her what I was preaching. So, uh, and uh, I don't even know who that is, but uh, uh, hindsight is 2020. Now, we learned what 2020 meant. What does hindsight mean? Hindsight is 2020. The saying comes from the fact that the past is much more clearly seen 
from the present. You understand what I mean? Like this morning, you wish you would not have stayed up so late. That's hindsight. Last night after we left the uh, racetrack, those of you that was at the racetrack, I went home and my wife had bought Mexican food. And I ate it at 12.30. When I was up this morning at 3 o'clock, hindsight says, probably shouldn't have ate that Mexican food. That's hindsight. Hindsight is 2020 means yesterday's reasonable choices are sometimes regrettable. Hindsight means I see today how I should have spent yesterday. Paul knew this in verse 13. He, the Bible says he forgets that which is behind. Now, the fact that he forgets it doesn't mean that he doesn't remember. If you read the rest of, of the Pauline epistles, what you'll find is Paul often referenced his testimony and his past. Now, he did not let it defeat him, but he let it motivate him in his service for Christ. Not only did he forget the, the things behind, but the Bible says he moved forward to things ahead. He wanted to do the will of God, see people saved, know Christ, surrender. Not only that, but he followed the call of God. He mentions the calling of God in Christ Jesus. He was called in the ministry. He surrendered he, give, he, he gives his desire for Christ. And then he says he's focused on Christ. The prize is Christ. Life is Christ, Paul said in another place. Everything is about Christ. Now, as young people, I remember, and I know you've heard this before, but I remember sitting where you sit. And when I was a teenager and an old person would try to tell me what I shouldn't do because they did it, my mind would immediately go to, yeah, well, I'm not as um, careless <clears throat> as you. I'm smarter than you. Well, I have a better, uh, a better family than you. And those things would come into my mind and would say, look, just because you're older doesn't mean that you can tell me how to live my life. Now, Paul, when he writes this, let me just tell you what he's doing. He's doing what your parents and your pastors and your youth pastors do for you. He looks at his own life and he challenges us to learn from his mistakes. So we don't have to make them. Do you all understand that? When somebody tells you, hey, look, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Here's why. A lot of times there is a backstory that says, I tried that. Didn't work. Hindsight tells me that isn't going to work. Now, all of us think we're the exception. We're not. He looks back so he can see clear, and hindsight is twenty twenty. That's what I'm going to preach on. Um, ben, will you come up here? I'm going to have you, or have you help me. Um, the first, uh, the, this isn't the sermon, this introduction, but the first thing I want you to know is hindsight is perfect vision. I can see clear in the past. So Ben's going to represent hindsight, all right? He's going to represent, he's taller than me already, but uh, he's going to represent me back here, okay? 
Now, I'm over here. And if I could talk to me, that me, oh boy, would I have some advice. That's hindsight. Here's what you could have done. Here's what you should have done. Here's what, knowing what I know now, I would have done. Y'all have heard this from your parents probably before. Maybe from your pastor or your youth pastor. Second of all, I want you to understand hindsight gives us foresight. And where hindsight is perfect vision, foresight is a possible vision. Brother Young's going to help me with that. He adopted me, and so we're just going to be a family here of transition. So Brother Young's going to stand over here, and he's going to represent foresight. Now, I'm here. Now, that's where I was. That's where I want to be. I want to be there. Now, hindsight, hindsight gives us foresight, which is a possible vision. Foresight is foreknowledge coupled with prudence and knowing that what may happen in the future and how I can respond to achieve my future. Hindsight gives us foresight. The example from the past helps me plan and live for the future. Everybody still with me? By looking back, I can see what I shouldn't have done, and that helps me not do it so that I can get to there. Here's an example. Everyone in here wants to be married forever. I've never done a wedding where they said, hey, look, so this is only going to last a couple years, so can you just sign the papers? But I've seen marriages dissolve after a few years. Now, knowing where I want to be, pure at the wedding altar. Amen? Not just pure in body, pure in mind. Knowing that's where I want to be, I'm here and I make decisions here to get there. Listen to this. And if I made mistakes, I learn that if I'm going to live like that, I will never get there. Everybody understand? Now, number three, insight uses hindsight and foresight. Where hindsight is perfect vision and foresight is a possible vision, insight uses both of them to give me a powerful vision of how to live my life. Insight is defined as the sight or view of the interior of anything through knowledge or skill. So I know more about my life now if I look back and if I look forward. Thank you, fellas. Now, spiritually put, Hindsight helps me see today in a way that helps me make decisions with the will of God in mind. I'll say that again. Hindsight, or looking back at my past, helps me see today or the present 
in a way that helps me make decisions today in the present with the will of God or the future in mind. The first area I want to talk to you about in, of hindsight is hindsight in our speech. You ever say something, and right after you said it, you say this, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. You know what that is? That's hindsight. That's hindsight. Now, if it's something bad, it might be the Holy Ghost, too. <clears throat> but it's hindsight. Looking back, y'all probably read the story of Jephthah. He made the vow. Next person walks in the door, we're going to kill him. Okay. And his daughter walked in. I guarantee you, when he saw his daughter, hindsight said, oops. A lot of careless words are said, posted, sent, not thinking before we speak. You are a generation that has to have an opinion. And not only that, has to share it. Sometimes those are best kept to themselves. We could be careless with our words. We could be contentious with our words. Teenagers can be real mean. We can hurt people real bad with our words. Paul and Barnabas had a disagreement. They argued over whether John Mark should go with them. So bad, the Bible says, that it was so sharp between them that they split up. I can see Paul as he's writing the book of Timothy, and he says, bring John Mark. He is profitable to the ministry. I can see maybe hindsight saying, I think he really needed to blow up on Barnabas. Don't you wish you handled that differently? Contentious words. Critical words. Sometimes we, are, we oppose or attack or mock authority. Oh, Miriam and Aaron, you know, they started making fun of Moses. They're criticizing Moses. Well, is he the only leader around here? Who made him the boss? And all of a sudden, Leprosy. And hindsight walks over and says, hey, <clears throat> probably not a good idea to talk about the man of God. Now you live with that the rest of your life. Critical words. Critical words are dangerous. One of the worst parts of criticism or, or negativity or... or um, uh, uh, attacking authority is it is contagious. And if you're sitting somebody, beside somebody in your youth group that criticizes the youth group or the youth pastor or the church, let me just tell you right now, obviously, you know, you can't leave them here and you, you, know, you can't you know, lock them in the bathroom at the truck stop on the way home. But, but you don't have to let them influence you either. 
This one probably hurts me the worst. Counterfeit words. Lies. Cover-up. Collusion. Denying and deceit. When someone looks at you straight in the face and they tell you something and, and then it's not true. Isaac was lied to by Jacob. He, he thought Jacob was Esau. And after he gave Jacob the blessing and Esau came in, Isaac said, oh, he tricked me. I could see hindsight set beside him on that bed and say, that's probably how Abimelech felt. Probably felt betrayed. Probably felt hurt. Probably felt lied to. Taken advantage of. How does that feel, Isaac? I mean, uh, sorry, Isaac. <laughs> How's that feel, Isaac? Then there's carnal words, worldly slang and swear words, words with innuendo that we learn from television and YouTube and Facebook. I can see Peter. As that cock crows for the third time, he had denied and he had cursed. All of a sudden, hindsight speaks through a rooster. I says, hey, you don't talk like that. You are a Christian. You were with Christ. Sometimes we argue with our parents or our friends or we talk, about, talk bad about our friends and we say something and, and we wish we wouldn't have said it. Listen, you can't take it back. Y'all probably seen the illustration with the toothpaste. Squeeze all, uh, when you get home, go in the bathroom and squeeze all the toothpaste out of the tube and then put it back in there. That's what your words are. Can't take them back. And hindsight may help me to have foresight to know I don't want to be a liar or I don't want to use carnal words or I don't want to use uh, de deceiving words or, or I, I don't want to be that person that, that is a critical person and uses critical words. So I look at my hindsight and what I have said and what I wish I wouldn't have said and what I shouldn't have said and I change how I live today so I can be that person. Maybe you were in a heated argument with your parents before you came and you said, I hate you. You may not get the chance to correct that. Maybe you got on social media and you shared some carnal cursing post because it was cool. Maybe you sent some messages or some pictures that you shouldn't have sent. Maybe when trying to keep out of trouble, you lie so you don't get in trouble. Or you deceive. Or you cover up for someone else's trouble. Maybe when you're angry, you got up, up, upset and you threw around words loosely that you didn't mean. Happens all the time. Maybe because an authority crossed you, you criticize every fault that they have. Because they called you out on your sin. Maybe to look cool or make people like you, you use words that you shouldn't use. Listen, listen to this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words 
cause hurt that cannot heal or that do not always heal. The second area I want to talk about is your relationships. Hindsight in your relationships. Stay with me. Joseph's brothers, they didn't just call him names. They beat him up. They stole his clothes. They threw him in a hole and they sold him into slavery. Sold him. I can see Reuben as he's there and he's like, hey, can we get some food? And Joseph's like, yeah, let me get you some food. And he goes and gets you some food and Reuben's waiting. You know, he's like, oh, man, they're going to feed us. You know, it's great. And all of a sudden, Joseph pulls off the mask. I don't know how he did it, you know, but he, you know, he, he revealed himself to his brothers, you know, the second time, you know. And he pulls off his mask. He's like, ha, it's me. I can see hindsight saying to Reuben, uh-oh. That's exactly how they felt, too. They thought they was in trouble. You know why? Because they mistreated their brother. Because they were mean to their brother. Some of y'all are brothers and, brothers and sisters. You have younger brothers and sisters. You've probably said or done something that you wish you didn't. And hindsight may bring that back to your mind right now, and you say, well, th th that's sad or that's depressing. Oh, no, friend, don't let it defeat you. Let it motivate you to be a better brother or a better sister to your siblings. When I was growing up in our house, my mom was a single mom. My parents divorced before I was born. I was reaching through the bus ministry. I had two half-sisters at my mom's, three stepbrothers and a half-brother at my dad's, but I'm an only child. I was terrible to my sisters. I fought them. I called them names. I pulled tricks and talked bad about them. Then one day when my sister was 14, she left. She went to live with her dad. One of her main reasons was it had nothing to do with my mom. She didn't want to be around her brother. That didn't faze me then. I didn't care. I thought she was a traitor. She left me and my mom. She went to live with her dad. And for the next 10 years, we had little to no contact. We've since patched things up. But hindsight says, what if you were a better big brother to your sister? Maybe she wouldn't have took she would have got saved before she was 25. Maybe she would be in an independent fundamental Baptist church. What if you weren't so hateful and mean? What if you got to know her and became her friend as well as her brother? Not only with our siblings, but with our parents. I can see Samson blind and bald being made fun of in the public square. I wonder if in hindsight he says, Shh, Mom and dad probably tell me. Now listen, you, you believe you'll never say that, but you will. Maybe not with women like Samson, who knows, but with something that your parents are trying to help you with and you're stubborn and you're rebellious and you don't want to do it and you don't want to follow. And listen, one day you're going to look back in hindsight and you're going to say, I wish I would have listened to my parents. 
I wish I wouldn't have dated that worldly, worldly girl that they warned me about, the girl that they didn't like. Old Rehoboam sits on a, on a throne. He's king, woo, of half a kingdom. Maybe he looks over and goes, oh, man, maybe if I wouldn't have listened to my friends, instead of following, instead of following my friends, if I would have followed my dad, and I would have listened to the older men that tried to help me, I'd have a whole kingdom. Now listen, you can live life your own way and do your own thing and maybe have half. Or you can follow your parents and them leading you to God and you can get all. Amnon had a friend. He had a friend. He had a friend named Jonadab. Jonadab was a very subtle man. It's a good sermon. Amnon listened to his friend. He let his friend lead him against everything his parents and his God stood for. Wicked, unimaginable sin. Listen to me now. Because of his friends. Because of his friends. When Absalom killed him, I can hear hindsight saying, you know, maybe you should have took what your friend said and ran it by your parents and by the word of God instead of just believing them because they're cooler than everybody else. Hindsight says, as I see Absalom hanging in the tree by his hair, losing his breath from the darts that were thrown into his chest as, as they begin to throw the last dart that'll send him into eternity. I can see Absalom say, I wish I could go back to being a boy. I can see hindsight whisper in his ear and say, you know, you could have just talked to your dad about your problems. If you had a question about a, a, a standard or a conviction, you know, you could have just asked instead of running, instead of rebelling, instead of fighting against, instead of trying to take over. If you had just talked to him. You see, some of you don't talk too much. Don't talk too much. You talk too little to your parents. Talk a lot to your friends. Not very much to your parents. The week of Labor Day was a busy week for me. Saturday the 31st, we celebrated my boy's second birthday with all of our family. Brothers, sisters, my sister was there. Our mom, moms, dads, everything. Um, Sunday the 1st, we were in church. Full day. Monday was Labor Day. Took some time off, spent it with my wife and my boy. Tuesday the 3rd, I met with the governor and the attorney general in the governor's mansion. It's a pretty neat experience. Wednesday the 4th, I, I taught my classes. I preached at College Chapel. I met with a youth pastor friend and had lunch. Preached power hour to my teenagers. Thursday the 5th, I traveled a few hours away and helped the church with their finances. Made a little extra money. Thursday night I was home and the phone rang 
There's a man's voice. He said, William, your dad's hurt bad. Your stepmom needs you to come down here right now. I asked questions and he could not or would not answer. I threw my clothes on. I headed to Richmond. And while I was on my way, Brother Doss called me. Brother Doss is here. He told me, he said, William, your dad's no longer with us. He, he passed away. My dad was 58 years old. In hindsight, I, I, when, when that call came, I didn't think one time about the money I made that day. I didn't think one time about the fact that I'm a college professor. I didn't think one time about the fact that on Tuesday I was in the governor's mansion and I shook hands with the governor of Kentucky. I didn't think about that youth pastor friend that I had lunch with. All I could think about was my dad. This may sound cold. I'm not asking for sympathy. I don't want you to sympathize. I want you to, to, to let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. But let me tell you something. Hindsight spoke up and he said this. You could have called him this week. Could have called him more. Could have texted him. Spent all, those, all that time with all those other people. You see that argument you have with mom and dad? That thing you won't let go? That thing they always ask you to do? The things they won't let you have? Spend all that time with your friends, texting and talking on social media and all that. Listen to me now. Hindsight says, love your parents. Forgive your parents. Obey your parents. Because hindsight tells me and foresight should tell you, you're not going to have them forever. Number three, hindsight, in sin, hindsight concerning sin. Can you see David? He's holding a dead baby. You see David? He's holding his defiled daughter. You see David? He's he hears of, of, his other, of another dead son. You see David? He sees his murdering son on the run. And now has to run from him. Hindsight says, you know, you could have went to battle. You could have done what you were supposed to do instead of what you wanted to do. Now it's too late when he was holding that dead baby. Everybody gets right when the baby dies. Hindsight says, could have just done what you were supposed to do instead of what you wanted to do. Hindsight says, you know, you could have went back in the house. Hindsight says, you didn't have to kill Uriah to cover your sin. 
I can see Cain. He's cursed and he's crying about the punishment of his sin, telling God how unfair he is and how he, he can't handle the punishment. Hindsight steps in and says, you know, you could have just obeyed God. He told you what to do. He gave you a second chance. And you rebelled. You did what you wanted to do. How's that working for you? I can see Achan in the field, surrounded by his dead family. Stones flying at his face as he's hit one after another after another. Hindsight whispers in his ear, was it worth it? Was those worldly clothes really worth it? You could have confessed. Joshua gave you an opportunity. Could have got it right. Could have been restored. Could have been used by God. But no. Just snuck it under your tent. Fourth area, hindsight and separation. Can you see Nadab in the bayou rocking it out for Jesus? They're running church the way they want to with some contemporary Christian music. Amen? All of a sudden, boom. God drops the hammer. And he says, hey, uh, church ain't for you. It's for me. Just before they're taken out, I can see hindsight speak up and say, yeah, you, you know, you, you could have just worshipped God instead of your flesh. You didn't have to add that strange fire. You know, you could have followed the pastor. Naomi's back in town. Everybody sees her. And boy, you can tell the world's took its toll. Hindsight says, may still have your husband and your sons. If you'd have trusted God. Are you with me? Listen, hindsight ain't always a favorable preacher. And sometimes in your life, there's a, there's a lot more lessons learned back there. And it's not to depress you or to make you sad or to make you dwell on your failures. However, you better learn from your failures or you will repeat your failures. Lot sits in a cave. Watching the city of Sodom burn. Looking past the pile of salt that was his wife. Hindsight leans in and says, you know, you could have just worked it out with Abraham. You could have submitted to authority. But oh no, you know what's best. The well-watered plain. The fifth area, hindsight and surrender. Some of you sit here this morning and last night God spoke to your heart, but you didn't move. You got one more message after this one. If you can make it through it, maybe God won't speak to you again for a few months at camp or another year at conference. Or Peter surrendered. He denied. He cursed God. He's weeping outside the city. I can see hindsight whisper and say... Um, didn't Jesus say follow him? 
Shouldn't you be over there? Fishing isn't going to satisfy you, Peter. Your flesh isn't going to satisfy you, Peter. You've been called to follow him. You see the rich young ruler? Asked to surrender all. Wasn't willing to give it up. At the end of his life, he's got tons of money. A little bit of religion. Still empty. Like Solomon who said it was that life is empty and vain without God. Without fearing God and obeying God. Life is empty. It's a waste. Sixth thing. Last thing. Hindsight and salvation. With such a large crowd, I'm not naive enough to think that everybody in here is born again. Some of you are baptized. Some of you are members of a church. And you know in your heart that if you died, you'd go to hell. You keep playing the part. Maybe you grew up in it and never really got saved. You just did what everybody else did. Those people can't save you. That church can't save you. That pastor can't save you. Good works can't save you. Baptism doesn't save you. God saves you. Judas throws down the silver. He walks outside the city. He grabs a rope. Throws it over a tree. Ties a noose. Slips it over his head. As the last bit of breath leaves his body, hindsight says, you were with him for three years. You saw the miracles. You worked in the church. You're not born again? How could you let religion and works and people's opinions keep you from heaven? Did you hear him, Judas? He called you friend. Knowing you were betraying him. Knowing that you were turning him over. Knowing that you, you were turning your back on him. He, he called you friend. You'll never outrun God. Can you see the rich man? He fared sumptuously, had anything he wanted. And as was said last, last night or, the, or, or, or yesterday morning, he opened his eyes in hell. And louder than the cries of the damned, you can hear hindsight say, you had the prophets. You got the book. Why did you not trust Christ? You should have got saved. You could have got saved. And the rich man chimes in and tells hindsight, I would have got saved now. But it's too late. Hindsight is what's happened in the past. It gives us foresight of what may happen in the future. And what we've done, hindsight, can't be changed. 
I wish I could go back and schedule lunch with my dad every week. Can't do it. But I call my granny now every Wednesday night on the way home from church. Because of hindsight. Hindsight or what we've done can't be changed. And what we want our lives to be, which is foresight, can be changed. You are not the person you're going to be. You're becoming. Therefore, what I was isn't what I am because of who I want to be. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I'm going to pray. Question, how's your relationship with your mom and dad? How's your relationship with your youth pastor, youth pastor's wife, your pastor? What sin is taking over your life? What's God calling you to do that, that, that you should surrender to? What part of biblical separation do you disagree or rebel against? Probably most importantly, listen now. Are you 100% sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven? You say, I'm at a youth conference. I serve in my church. I go to Christian school. I'm homeschooled. That wasn't the question. Have you ever trusted Christ as your Savior? Have you ever been born again? You can make a decision today to change tomorrow. Before I pray, is there anybody here that say, Brother Davis, I'm not sure that if I died, I'd go to heaven. I don't have to know your backstory. I don't have to know how long you've been in church. But say, Brother Davis, I don't know for sure that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Or you may say, Brother Davis, I know I'm lost. Please pray for me. Anybody like that? Would you slip your hand up before I pray? Anybody at all? God sees that hand. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? God, I... I thank you, God, for your blessing, even though sometimes, Lord, who we were is is oftentimes, Lord, not who you want us to be. But your grace, your mercy, allows us to decide today that we can do your will tomorrow. Help me. Help these young people. Lord, to learn from hindsight, to keep foresight in the will of God, and to have the insight to obey your word in Jesus' name.